Hello, everybody. Welcome to American Pale Males. It's your nerdy beer-tasting podcast. My name is Michael, and with me is our, my, your, everyone's co-host, it's... I am everyone's co-host, Michael. It's me, Jeremy. How is the, uh, the first crazy snowstorm of the year taking you down? Well, we haven't gotten any snow... Well, we got snow earlier the week, but... Uh, Interesting. Yeah, no major blizzard. No blizzard entertainment. I was promised blizzard entertainment. <laughs> and I got, I mean, I'm sure it was unpleasant being out there today, but it's it's been fine. I've just been sitting around watching TV. Yeah, so it could have been worse, right? I mean, I, th- I assume so. I'm sure both of us will still get the Snowmageddon 2018-2019 at some point this year, mm-hmm. but I guess today, I don't know, ringing in the season, I guess. Because it is December, after all, when this comes oh, out. Oh, yeah. So it's only apt for snow in December. Well, I mean, I was told we were supposed to have a less hearty winter this year, or at least around here anyway. But (laughs) so much for that. (laughs) Yeah, right, yeah. Global warming, what a load of crap, am I right, Michael? Well, you know, climate change. It's pretty cold out there, Michael, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) For the record, I don't really believe that. I I realize (laughs) that most of the people that listen to this know me and my uh, rather strong feelings on the subject, but... uh, (laughs) That sounds like a 1990s Drew Carey stand-up bit. Anyways, uh, Michael, uh, <laughs> we, we tend to do some beer brags on this show. How about you hit me with one, buddy? I can jump in. First, I have a, a shared beer brag that brings two different perspectives to the same beer. Okay. Uh, this was Hinterlands out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Bourbon Barrel Frambois. Framboise? Framboise. Got it. It is a kettle sour bourbon barrel aged raspberry saison. It's a whole lot of uh, adjectives there, Michael. It is, yes. And so it was given to me by my father, and he had one. And he's like, oh, I won't spoil it for you, but, well, you'll see. And then it was been sitting in my fridge for a while, and I had it the other day. And the front part was the framboise part, and it was good. It reminded me a little bit of New Glarus's fruit beers that they do, which are really good. Like the serendipity? Yeah, precisely. And then the end is where that bourbon barrel comes in, and it kind of weirds the whole thing up. <laughs> like, it, it's a weird juxtaposition. It kind of is a little confusing. It's not a, a smooth blend between the two. I mean, both flavors are smooth in themselves, but, like, it just does not compute okay. to an extent. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, I see why dad might not have liked this and so i said yeah that bourbon barrel at the end that was a little weird you know if it was just the frambois part i think i would have liked it and then he's like well for me i wish there was more bourbon barrel and less raspberry is that your impersonation of your father (laughs) yeah i I, I need to know the answer here michael (laughs) he speaks like a podcast host trying to think of things on the fly all the time just checking did you have any of that weird woody sourness that you get from like uh oh like the dark sours Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think so. It could have been that could have been the a little bit of the bourbon too, but it did have a a little woodedness to it too, though. Got it. Which I can take or leave in and of itself, but mm-hmm. so it's interesting just how like we both came down on the same essentially rating, but for different reasons. So my other beer brag, which is a very special beer brag, is Little Mikey's <laughs> Smash Ale. Oh, you. <laughs> so uh, my uh, not-so-smash ale, I'm looking at it right now. It's mm-hmm. sitting in a fermenter, and I keep telling myself I'm going to do this. 
to bottle it. To, well, just to, I mean, and I'm not even going to like bottle it, bottle it. I'm just going to put it in some growlers and uh, oh, yeah. saran wrap the lids. Because that worked Call last time day. I did a, a stovetop batch, but I, it's it's one of those out of sight Audi mines. Oh, yeah, uh, totally. And that's what mine was like for a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Smash, uh, we talked about, we developed the beer on the show, we essentially. Did. Single malt and single hop. The malt was a Vienna malt. Yes, that sounds correct. And then I think just pale. Um, Should have been pale DME. DME, yeah, uh, dried malt extract. And then the hop was, oh, God. <laughs> um, I threw mine away. I don't have the list <laughs> anymore. I think I lost it in a wash. Uh, God, what? I know what the you recommended. The Citra? Yes, that's it. Hallertau. Oh, that's good. what I used. Yes. So it was essentially German-style Oktoberfest-ish type beer. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the first... Well, okay. Let me back up before <laughs> I declare <laughs> victory here. Come on, start declaring things. Yeah. Uh, had two bottles out of... You know, I didn't make that much. It was a stovetop thing. I actually scaled your recipe. You sent me down a little bit. And the first bottle worked out well. It was carbonated. It didn't have many off flavors. It, you know, it still tasted like a home brew, but it wasn't the utter failures that I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. The second one was a dud. It wasn't carbonated, so that'll it happen. Just didn't work. But I think in this process, I've figured out why failures occurred in the past. I think the off flavor, and I suspected this, is due to oxygenation, and hmm. I think. A lot of that has to do with the amount of head height I've left in bottles before because the bottle that was a dud wasn't, it was kind of a partial fill. And so I'm sure that attributed to lack of carbonation, but also like the flavor was way off compared to the first one, which tasted pretty good. So that's probably going to be something I'm going to pay very close attention to when like racking, when bottling, just to make sure that there's as little airspace in there as possible to prevent stale beer from forming because of over-oxygenation. What I have found is that too much air left, well, oxygen, whatever, when you have a big gap between the uh, top of the bottle and where the beer is at, those usually tend to make bottle bombs, or at least the closest thing to a bottle bomb. That's why I always was a little hesitant about filling that up too high, because I was afraid, well, this could blow up the bottle or cause a big overflow when I open it up. That's what's ha- the overflow is what has happened for us when we uh yeah so I think there's maybe a happy medium that I have to achieve I've just been filling it up to the neck just barely touching it so right where the bottle would like flare up yeah for a lot okay um I usually go with the I'm assuming you're using a bottling wand no that's the other thing what too. are you using to bottle these things the um, gravity okay. Yeah. I usually go to about an inch below the uh, top of the bottle mm-hmm. with the bottling wand in there. So when you take that out, there's a little bit of displacement that happens, so and that seems, to, seems okay. to have been a pretty happy medium. Um, your mileage may vary, but it feels like whatever we, uh, whenever we have a, like the last bottle, the one that doesn't fill all the way mm-hmm. because you just happen to run out, um, yes. that's the one that tends to uh, fizz super hard, especially on stuff that's super malty. So, uh, oh, interesting. So, like, just because more fermentation or something? I, I guess so. Maybe it's maybe we bottle it before it's dried out enough. That mm-hmm. might also be a problem. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not a, that kind of scientist. 
<laughs> well, maybe. Um, just another variable to play with, mm-hmm. another hypothesis. But th- I can't really think of any other explanation for that off flavor that's been consistent in my brews. So Contamination. Well, uh, but it's always been the same regardless of the batch, too. I mean, it could be contamination. You know, that's mm-hmm. definitely a, in the differential diagnosis. But I feel like I've tried so many different sanitizing techniques and different degrees of thoroughness that there would be some difference in those batches, but maybe they all just sucked. I don't know. Anyway. But overall, this one has worked out well. Overall, so far, so good. Good. As I open more, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeremy, what is your beer rag? So uh, we've had some we had uh, some guest stars on the podcast. That I'm assuming you'll hear it at a certain point. If not, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had said people over for the football game, and we had gotten a surly 12-pack, one of those ones that has, like, you know, Furious. It's got uh, extra citra. It's got the ones that you can only find in the mixed 12-pack. Okay. Oh, yeah, like the limited deal. Okay. So uh, I'm going to go with Sleek IPA from Surly Brewing. Um, It is a pretty solid standard IPA. Uh, It tells me it's got Warrior and Simcoe in it. It's an English ale sort of style. Uh, Purring with aromatics from hefty Simcoe dry hopping, Sleek's grapefruit, pine, and melon flavors race across Mm, the tongue. Melon. Dynamic hop taste, zero drag, Sleek. It claims it says it is brewed for a smooth, streamlined hop experience. And uh, I agree. For having two-row acidulated malt, oat malt, carafoam, flaked oats, Simpsons Golden Naked Oats, which is a new one. That's a new one. For that, it's got a pretty smooth, well, I guess sleek, malt backbone. But, you know, now that I look at all the oats and carafoam and what have you, that would that would make sense, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it didn't, like, just reach out and slap you. It was like, grapefruit, you idiot. It gave it, you know, it was pretty piney, but it also had the uh, a light amount of the fruit to kind of smooth things over. So... Yeah, would drink again. It was a good beer. I think I have one more left. So maybe going more in the direction of the more modern IPA, more in not necessarily a New England IPA or anything like that, but further away from the piney IPAs. I'd say that out of the hop characteristics, pine was the if you had to like rank them, it'd be pine and then fruit. The the fruit oh, really? kind of okay. came in. Yeah, the fruit kind of came in in the back end to just sort of like smooth things over. But for having such different kinds of hops, I think the warrior ones are the are the fruity ones. But don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, it was kind of surprising. It's really good balance on that. Cool, cool. Warrior hops uh da 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 appear to be used. Oh yeah. For bittering. Oh. Yep. Okay, good. That makes that makes sense. Yeah, Simcoe seems more like a Sim Simcoe's a, a fruity one, isn't it? I think it gets thrown off because it sounds like something some sort of tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, oh yeah, they look at all those Simcoe up there on the ridge. <laughs> I mean that's what I would say. <laughs> a cluster think. of coniferous things. Yeah. A copse. Copes? Cops? Whatever the plural of a gathering of trees is. <laughs> is that a word? Yes, yeah, C O P S E. It is it is a word. C O P S E. Oh, a yeah. copse of trees. I just looked it up. Yeah, how about that? Amazing. You learn something new every day. Yeah, maybe that'll be the episode title. <laughs> Jeremy, I want to talk about Apocalypse Now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice uh, segue there, Michael. <laughs> oh. Have you seen Apocalypse Now? Yeah, I watched it in high school, and that's kind of where this question to you hinges, or discussion okay. point hinges. Um, Apocalypse Now reminds me of high school. Okay, anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we watched it because it's based on the Heart of Darkness. It is. Yes, which... 
I guess the statute of limitations is over. I didn't read the book in high school. That's fine. <laughs> they rescind my high school diploma, and uh-huh. that's the basis of all my other diplomas, so be frocked in the town square. But uh, seven years have passed, so it's okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the book wasn't very... Um, well, I was probably busy playing Diablo. Who's kidding who? I was going to say, <laughs> watch yourself there, buddy. That's a great book. <laughs> it's a classic that I'm just going <laughs> to <Yeah>. disparage. <laughs> Two cities, you only need one. <laughs> what a load of crap. The blurst anyway. of times. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, after, quote-unquote, finishing the book, we watched the movie in class. Mm-hmm. This was around the time when I first started becoming a vegetarian. Uh-oh. <laughs> now... Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, and I wasn't, like, this didn't, like, upset me or anything, but that uh-huh. scene where they chop up the cow or yeah. buffalo... Uh huh, and I think they really did that in real life. Oh, God, oh, maybe it might be. Maybe we have to do some quick research. You uh, you keep talking. I'll look it up. Okay. So that came on. I was like, oh, geez, that's intense. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at my friend who was sitting next to me, and he's just kind of like, meh. He kind of shrugged. Where do you fall on like? I mean, that's a pretty sensational scene. I'm not kind of crazy to kind of like reeling back at that a little bit mm-hmm. or what was jeremy's reaction was it eh, or was it oh geez Ooh. um tldr yes the animal was really killed in apocalypse now and although the slaughter wasn't illegal it did have some repercussions for the film who does the watching oh uh, a-, a-, a aspca something like that they would not approve that nowadays oh <laughs> from movies.stackexchange.com slash uh, questions forum it still had consequences for the film because of this scene the film was not given to familiar no animals were harmed in the making of this film credit okay yes <laughs> from Godfather the intimate Francis Ford Coppola aka the director of the movie the sacrifice of a carabao which is like whatever it is which take pla- takes place to was a quote real ritual slaughter performed by the Ifuaguos. I'm assuming that's the native peoples that you see there. As a result, Apocalypse Now is one of the few mainstream Hollywood films not to carry a statement in the closing credits that no animal was harmed during the making of this picture. And it's a water buffalo. Okay. Well, well at least it was legit. It wasn't like, all right, take two, get this yeah. next one in here. <laughs> um, Some extra name Larry is yeah. brushing off his machete. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't know that was real. Okay. <laughs> Great movie, and the fact that it was a uh, a ceremonial ritual thing makes it less horrible in my mind. Mm-hmm. Now, Marlon Brando. Yeah. Do you like him? Yeah, he's fun. He's a bit of a crackpot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like. He's fun. He is fun. Um, I like the 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 behind the scenes stories about him and. What was that one movie with Val Kilmer? Oh, the Island of Doctor Moreau. <laughs> yeah, like he had his. <laughs> that's his lines a good one. And post-it notes or that's something. A, that's and... a, he's that's not the only movie that that happened on. Okay. <laughs> it's not as delightful as Orson Welles, you know, being like super broke and having to do all those commer- those horrible commercials at the. Oh yeah. Which is, if you haven't seen those, I highly recommend you go on. Well, hell, I'll just look it up for you. Uh, <laughs> But uh, wasn't it like a vacuum or something? It's, or? it's like a frozen vegetable. I want to see. Oh man, that's uh, so sad. Yeah, it is. It's very sad. 
One thing I was looking into recently for our time when he won the Oscar for the the Godfather. And uh, I know where you're going with this, but continue. Yeah. He sent up a, a Native American woman to decline the award. He did. He was one of yeah. those people. Pretty, well, not bold move on his behalf because he could have gone up there himself and done it, but uh, I guess the entire premise is pretty bold. And I guess that um, shut down acceptance on others' behalf at the Oscars. Frozen peas. <laughs> I knew it was something like that. <laughs> oh, that. Oh man. Just yeah, just go to YouTube and type in Orson Welles' Frozen Peas, and I don't want to ruin what the third thing down is because you're gonna like it. But uh, I like Marlon Brando. I don't know if you've heard of him, Michael, but he's pretty good. He clearly didn't care after a while, but. There's a book called Easy Riders and Raging Bulls, which is about uh, New Hollywood. So basically mm-hmm. from Easy Rider to about uh, 1980 or so. Uh, oh, no, it's Easy Rider through Apocalypse Now. That's what it is. Okay. And it tells the stories of like all these filmmakers, you know, like uh, Peter Bogdanovich, uh, Steven Spielberg, Coppola with Godfather and Apocalypse Now. Just and there's some fascinating stuff in there. Just how Brando is just a cr- like a straight up crazy person who could not be dealt with most of the time, but then he's just like, oh, wait, this actually worked. But, so. Huh. Easy Riders, Raging Bulls. The name of the, uh, name of the author escapes me at this moment, but you can find it. Go to your local library, dig it up. It's good stuff. Sounds interesting, yeah, for some of those behind-the-scenes biz-type mm-hmm. things. Very interesting. A lot of good Jack Nicholson stories in there. Did you see what the third thing down is on YouTube? Oh, on YouTube. I was looking on Google. Oh, no. it's uh, yeah. Just is it the critic? <laughs> it is the critic. <laughs> okay, because I saw that come up in Google, too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all the episodes of that are still, in a, are still on YouTube, if you just Google it the right thing. John Lovitz is a bit of a putz, so it's kind of hard to support it, but you're not, you're, you're not paying him. <laughs> I guess, yeah, if you're watching it yeah. vis-a-vis YouTube. Yeah. So, anyway, so I, I was driving today, I'm like... That scene was really screwed up. And yeah, it is. Nobody else around me seemed to react to it. I th- I think it's because like with, unless you know about it going in, I think you just assume that it's faked or Fake movie or... magic or somehow. I mean, yeah. God knows they didn't fake anything else in that movie. Well, good. Thanks for um at least uh, being a a touchstone in that regard. It was for a that, good uh, movie though. Scene. You should rewatch it if you uh, haven't. Maybe just yeah, cover I, your eyes during that one scene. <laughs> you recall it being very, um, this is a weak word, but very trippy. No, that's 100% correct. Okay, okay. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like extensive portions of the movie without dialogue. Uh-huh. And, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, and the Redux wouldn't, there's a, there's a version of that movie that came out some years ago that's uh, 45 minutes longer. Okay. He He cut out an entire side story for lack of a better word it's it's not really necessary the original is just fine but if you really want to uh challenge yourself michael go find the redux at your <laughs> local library make a i'm assuming that's like upwards of three hours long though. oh well it's like three hours and 35 minutes or something <laughs> okay, it's okay. obnoxiously long it's it's a whole it's an all-day affair as I recall, it took us like a week to watch that movie. Or we might have not even watched the whole thing, now that I think about it. We might have jumped in when he meets Kurtz or something like that. I don't know, but it took at least several class periods to oh, watch that. Good gravy, yes. Uh, two hours and 33 minutes. The Redux, oh my God, is four hours and 49 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> I have not watched the Redux. I've seen, I watched the, the cutout version 
or the scene that was cut out. Oh, okay. Forty-nine minutes of oh, jeez. Yeah, it's something about a rubber plantation. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh boy. Oh no, that's the work print. Never mind. That's the two hundred eighty-nine minute. Oh, so that's like the. Yeah, that Longest that's the four one. hours forty nine. A, f- a two hundred eighty nine minute work print circulates as a video bootleg containing extra material not included in either the original theatrical release or the Redux. Okay. So the Redux would be somewhere in a neighborhood of three fifteen. Okay. Th- three hours twenty two. Okay. Still insanely long. Still pretty long. <laughs> I mean, two hours and thirty three minutes is not exactly just a throw it together and watch a couple of movies sort of thing. You have to do a little planning for that. Mm-hmm. Michael. Well, Jeremy. Is it time? Yep. It is FDR time. Indeed. Wrapping up a a season, sort of, with this one. I, I think this is the end of the season. Yeah, which basically means the beers Jeremy and I have swapped. Kind of the most generic, I want to say, beer. Stylish, style-wise, anyway. St- stylized generically, but Jeremy, t- why don't you just tell us what it is? We're having Czech Rebel Beer from Mistansky. I, I can't pronounce this brewery. Uh, yeah, this is like... I'm at the website, and it's Rebel, I don't know, hrebel.cz. It's totally foreign to Havliko me. Havliko like, Pivo? Yeah. That's... We're going to go with that. Uh, okay. You know, you think Czech, you think uh, Pilsner or Quell. True. Good point. Good point. But I guess this is another thing from Czech, the Czech Republic. Pilsner Urkel. Um, <laughs> this is a uh, pale draft beer with more intensive bitterness, expressive full taste, and rich yeast. Czech beer we brew according to the traditional technology ferments in open fermenting tanks and matures in low-temperature lager cellars. Pale draft beer for comma four percent volume, percent by volume. I don't know. I'm this website oh. is a Czech website. That's, that's problematic. Yeah, I'm looking for other uh, information on the bottle itself. Uh huh. It's not. It's imported by Total Beverage Solution. Visit TotalBeverageSolution.com. I wonder if that has any information. It's uh, an award-winning, authentic Czech beer. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Total I, Beverage Solution sounds like some sort of uh, conglomo corp or something. <laughs> we we, we does, value yeah. your beer. I think they're just importers, but probably. But uh, I've never heard of this one, and I saw it sitting there on the uh, local beer shop, Dirty John's. So I grabbed it. Oh, that, uh, that's a great way to try new beers. It has uh, 1333 on the bottle. It's imported. It's a Czech beer. This looks like something you would see Borat drinking in the beginning of the movie before he comes stateside. <laughs> yeah, it has, like, the the font mm-hmm. is very Eastern European, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how to say it. It makes, it. You, it th- have... makes you think that the wall coming down is a recent memory. <laughs> it, um... I like the seal on there, though. That's, you know... It, oh, the the fake wax seal with the little castle at yeah. the top? Mm-hmm. Turret, I'm sure I guess. relevant to the region where it comes from or something. Beer Advocate calls it a bohemian pilsner with ABV of 4.4%. Mm-hmm. And it's a big bottle, too, that you got us, Jeremy. Yeah, this thing is uh, 16.9 fluid ounces, so it's a pint. An imperial pint, I guess. There we go. What uh, what uh, kind of glass I, are you using on this guy, Michael? I have the dimpled glass stein. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Jeremy? What are you using? Pilsner glass. Oh, well, there you go. I never get to use this thing, and it's way in the back now that we've moved all the glasses around. But <laughs> let's uh, let's crack this bad boy open, shall we? Let's do that. I just found my bottle opener. It smells... Be- oh, boy, that smells good. It smells beery. Oh, yeah, that's... It's got that 
classic noble hop aroma. Mm-hmm. So, have we had besides Pilsner or Cal, have we had any uh, like OG Pilsners? Not OG, I don't think. I don't think so. I'm trying to think if we had it. That'd be like basically German and Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. One reason why I'm glad we, you got this is because you know we're lacking foreign beers on the show. Indeed, and that's another thing that. We, yeah, this fills in that void a little bit. So I don't think we have, but this. So check. I'm looking. I'm looking at this thing. It's very effervescent in the Pilsner glass. It looks like mm-hmm. a slightly darker version of an American yellow beer. Yeah. So if you were to go to the uh, the Lowe's and go to like one uh, paint swatch over from American beer. If that makes <laughs> right. any sense. I'm telling you, in this uh, dimpled stein, it, it I got perfect amount of foam. It looks very classic. I think you mentioned this before, like movie prop mm-hmm. beer. Yeah, it looks glorious. It looks good. Jeremy, it sounds like you went in. I did, and I apologize for that. Feel free to No, that's that fine. Out. It's it's good. I was providing coverage, so. I dig this. Mm. This tastes what, like exactly what I expected it to taste like. when I When I think of a European Pilsner, this is what I think of. Uh, mm-hmm. not aggressive but an assertive hopping profile I guess is a way mm-hmm. to put it and it yeah uh, I like that it, it makes itself known but it's not overbearing or grindy it doesn't annihilate the palate I tell you the thing that's throwing me a little bit is the very fluid mouthfeel it is it's it's it's, it's, it's weird thin. it's weird it's it's a bit thin I'll give you that it's nice because it makes it easy to drink but at the same time there's not a lot to cling on to as you're drinking it it's true. Um, to me, it's not the worst thing, and that's not the worst problem in the world to have, if only oh, yeah. if only because um, the hopping profile is done is such that it's not like uh, it's not overly bitter. So the lack of a uh, sweet component to balance that out is not that big of a deal for me. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it's clear. So it, it looks is. like it might be filtered or something, um, which might factor into that picture too. True. I like this beer, but that mouth feel is it it's hard to describe because when we when we say something feels thin or watery, we traditionally think of something like a uh, like a Michelob Ultra or a uh, a Bud Light, I guess. Mhm. But this is different from that. I think you put it best when you said fluid. Yeah. Yeah, like those yeah. I I know what you're saying, but it's hard to put into words. This, I think, had the the hop profile, which I'm assuming is some sort of like Hallertau Saz, something along those lines. So, yeah. I mean, Czech Saz. Oh man, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> but it it needs a little bit more malt in it. I think so to help. I I feel like this is something that was just like, all right, we're going we're going to put the we're going to put a good pile of like quality hops in there, and that's it. Right. Is this, I wonder if these guys do anything else or if this is, it's also a little mysterious too, just because there's kind of a lack of context about <laughs> what's going on, like what this brewery uh, is, what's surrounding the beer. They do have other, oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, Rebel Original Premium. Rebel, Rebel is the one that's most rated on Beer Advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then they have Black Lion, Lion Lager. I have some uh I have some notes on the brewery here for you, Michael. Okay, yeah. From hbrebel.cz. Oh boy. Uh and my apologies <laughs> to all the Czechs out there listening. Havlikov brewed obtained the control Oh boy, the English is in- interesting here. 
obtained okay. the contractual right to brew beer already in the 14th century, and since that time, the production of beer has been increasing. The citizens had originally brewed beer individually in their houses. Later, they started to form companies and to establish bigger breweries. The town brewery was established in 1834, and its modern history and modern production of beer dates back to the end of the 19th century. During the communist era, was the brewery expropriated, I'm just going to go with this, and became a part of Haraki Breweries, Jilava Breweries of Hak. Boy, of Havlikov Brood and East Bohemian Breweries, Hradekaravlov. Oh, boy. After the Velvet Revolution, that's... Okay, hold on. Wait a minute. Velvet Revolution? That sounds awesome. The brewery <laughs> became, again, the property of the original owners. At the present, the production of the beer is 84,000 hectoliters a year. Yeah, I remember reading about that with other Czech breweries. Is they were communists. The government took over all the breweries. And then... Commies. When they... After the Velvet Revolution, they handed it back to the same families. Interesting. So they have the uh, the Rebel Original Premium, which is not what we have. At least, that, is it? Right. I don't think so. They have a uh, Rebel Grape and Lemon, so a Rattler. They have a Dark mm. Rebel, the Czech Rebel, the Traditional Rebel, the Rebel Hasek, CK, which is looks like a uh, higher hop version, a yeasty version, Ooh. no filtration, non-alcoholic, Votrok of Hradek, 10 Degrees Beer of Hradek, and Rebel Blended Lager. These look... I want to go to the Czech Republic, if only for like four hours, and just swill. Swill. The verb, not the noun. Beer is really cheap there, I can tell you that. Oh yeah, you went there. Mm-hmm, it's like two bucks a pint. They Do they use the euro, probably, right? Or do they have some sort of weird, like... They use the euro. Kroner-adjacent... Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure they're on the euro. Sorry, call. We were there for like 24 hours, and then it was pretty quick little thing we did there mm-hmm. but it was still it it was the sleeper stop of our european mm-hmm. whirlwind tour it was like whoa this place rules i wish we were here for a little longer yeah so it's a cool place there's not a lot going on with this beer <laughs> back to the beer yeah yeah it's a little um it's i, I want to say the word session it is a sessionable beer it, yeah in a sense it's more like this would be good background beer if you're not if you're concentrating on something else or playing a game with friends or watching something. A decent tailgate beer. Yeah. If you wanted to really freak out the squares anyways. Because <laughs> it's just really not pulling me in that much here. Yeah, so. I, I suspect this is the this may have been like the the actual beer. Like when we were growing up, saying like foreign beer was a dirty word. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna assume for you. It like even Corona was like non grata around there you, like you drank Budweiser or you drank Miller Lite or you know the the weirdos drank Pabst at the time I suspect that the hopping like this is what made our parents say that because mm. it's weird it's I mean air quotes weird it's not weird now it's weird in like the 1991 yeah of the world it's like even weirder than Heineken yeah because at least that stinks and you can like get around with it is it with the Heineken? You have the green, the novelty of a green bottle. I think that's apt. What you're saying there is, I think if this was on tap and you had nice fresh hops too. Oh yeah. I think it'd pop a little more, but you know, I'd never have seen this on tap anywhere. Oh god, so no! You probably have to go to the Czech Republic or to get it on tap. At the very least, Eastern Europe. Yeah. A Soviet so, bloc country. The importation of this, I think, isn't the optimal way to drink it. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's what it is. It's like that time 
one time a bar around here for the, I don't know, 147th anniversary of Pilsner or Quell, they got some kegs direct from the Czech Republic. Dang. Pasteurized. Dang. I'm jealous. On everything. This was just as fresh as you could get it. And it, it tasted significantly different than the bottled Pilsner. Oh, God. I, so, can only, I can only imagine. Yeah. So uh, some of that's at play here, too. But um, Let's get to the R, Michael. We've yes. got things to do. Do you want to go first? I, I think I have an idea. We'll go in for uh, the uh, SOJ. SOJ. Going between two myself, I might end up going with a lower one because as I drink it, it's not it's getting any better. So it's flat, but it's not flat in the carbonation sense of the word. Mm-hmm. It is one note. That note is really, really good, mm-hmm. but it is one note, and it's. I think you need at least two notes to make like a really, really good beer. Like, you need either malt and yeast, or yeast and hop, or Mm -hmm. malt and hop, or whatever I missed in there. But (laughs) this only has the hop. And if you're a fan of that uh, Eastern, or that European noble hop flavor and scent, the nose is really good on this. Oh, yeah. Then maybe give this one a try, but uh, don't don't like bend over backwards looking for this one it's it's just sort of there it's a 2.5 for me the only thing that's saving it from going lower is is the hop flavor because it is really pronounced but so uh when friend of the show jen was pregnant she asked her husband steve if we could make hop water for her because she missed ipas but she couldn't have any alcohol right due to the gestating child this is hop water <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. I, I guess it's technically <laughs> alcoholic, but this is exactly what I imagined Jen wanted. So sorry, Jen. And, and they make that now, apparently. I know they make it. I don't approve. I would like to try it, but um, how have they not made like a uh, a hop flavored Lacroix? They could mop up with that. No, somebody does. Some brewery does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, Michael, your your rating. Um, I'm gonna go two point seven five. It's fine. It's good. It's not like it's irredeemable, but it, yeah, I think for all the reasons you said, mm-hmm. I I'd just be repeating what you said. So yeah, two point seven five. Cool. In any case, it's another one down the gullet. If you want to get in touch, you can do so in a variety of ways. You can look us up on Twitter at apmpod, facebook.com/apmpod, email us directly apmpod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Untapped APMPod there as well, where host emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings. Thanks, Tom Bombadil. Yeah. <laughs> that just caught me off guard. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> rate, review, subscribe if you're able to. And um, I think that's it. Yeah, there it is. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.